Look, I don't know if you guys have heard about this article in the New York Times about honeybees vanishing. Well, apparently, honeybees are disappearing all over the country. Tens of millions of them just disappearing. There's no bodies, no sign of them. They're just mysteriously gone. Three things that didn't stand a chance against Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> God damn it, Pap. Let him speak first <laughs> before you press that button. <laughs> what? You're like, get through the first sentence or two. Okay. What? Pap's like, bam. What? Yes. Let him start talking and then press Who's the button. Who's the fucking producer? <laughs> I hit the button. I hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the producer now. We're just gonna keep rolling this. So the list was gonna be <laughs> fucking insane. So, the, so stupid. I have been taking shit all night. So the, I'm the, behind the button. No, 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 just keep this going. Keep this going. This is awesome. Yeah. So the list was gonna be 9/11, deadly trees, and an elderly Vietnamese man trying to live a normal life. This is the happening spoilers. That was that was spoilers. That was spo- that was spoilers. That's actually, I, actually the exit a, song. I'm a big fan of that intro though. That was that was not bad. It was actually kind of comedic for the simple fact that like we kind of agreed on <laughs> let me talk first. The minute I talked, bam! No, Play the tape. Though. We'll see. Okay, that was awesome. Uh, I am your host, Stevie. Uh, in my basement recording with Josh and Pappy. We have Mikey in Chicago yes. recording in remote. Let's go. Uh, this is a punishment episode for me. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate this movie, which is The Happening. It's one of the worst films you can watch. It's one of the worst films I ever paid for to see in a theater. Closest I've ever been to actually walking out of a theater. Um, so yeah, you'll see where I'm coming in for, for this movie. It's uh, not in a good place. Did you see it with any spoiler men? Is that you and Mikey? I see that with you. I don't think I saw this in theaters. Hmm. I, I don't think so. I no. saw it in theater. What about you, Pat? I I saw it in cinema. I saw it Cinemark, dude, before the recliners. I had only seen it for this spot. <laughs> really? I had never seen it before. I had no. It, it was a rough go of it. It was in stadium seating, and everyone's just like, "Oh boy!" The longest ninety-minute movie of all time. This is a three-hour ninety-minute movie. Bo was afraid it felt shorter <laughs> than this. Um, but tonight's opening question. We'll go around the table, then we'll kick it out to Mikey in Chicago. Um, how do you think you would die in the happening? Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. How would I? Mm-hmm. KMS? Yeah. Well, well, if the toxins got to you, <coughs> where would you be? How would it go? <laughs> Pappy, let's start with you. Now he's got a sense of timing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty good with the knobs and the buttons. Over yeah, here. you are, Pappy. It's all good. This is Pappy. Um, I'm pretty close to KMIS right now. Throw the pad track yeah. into the bath water. <laughs> yeah, pod track. You know, just slipping on some pap grease, breaking my neck. You know, just... <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> this is Josh from Goshen. And I feel like the swell in the music was never going to end. Jesus. <laughs> God. I didn't write the music, too. <laughs> 
It's not like Batman. I was looking at you. I wasn't like accusing you. Um, mm, I, I have a pool. So mm. I feel like yeah. you're looking at your like closest thing at hand kind of here. I think I would, in a deadpan way, walk over to the pool and just like plop in face first, which is kind of fun. That'd be kind of a fun way, like a last little dive. Mm-hmm. Off the slide. But Ooh. Goshen, shout out, Goshen, Indiana, Josh from Goshen. A lot of maple trees around here, and we mm. get that that maple tree shout out in the movie, right? She's swinging from a maple tree. I think some people might be hanging from maple trees. Dude, that tree is pissed when that little girl's swinging on it. It's uh, creaking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Josh from Goshen. Mikey, let's take it to you. Yeah, Mikey in Chicago. Uh, you know, they call Chicago the Big Apple. So I got big, big buildings here. <laughs> um, probably just if I was downtown, climb up the, to the top of uh, the Sears Tower and just top off. I'm sure there'd be a pretty big line. Or uh, start getting in fights in the street, I guess. I don't know. Stand in front of traffic. Pretty bad traffic here. But uh, I don't know. Am I home? Uh, I really only have like jumping off of the roof, and that's only three stories. So I hope that's enough. Mikey's only be, got dull butter knives in his drawer. He doesn't even have a solid. <laughs> yeah. knife. He doesn't have like the Gordon Ramsay knife. <laughs> I guess I do. Yeah, the... I guess I have knives. Yeah, I, I got some knives. That'd probably be it. All you need is a hair clip, apparently. <laughs> dark I, opening question. Yeah. Hey, tough. sometimes you gotta go this way. It's a dark movie, right? Mm. Um, um, sure. It's a movie. It puts you in a dark mood. Yeah, it's, it puts me in an angry mood. I'd like to uh, shout out Money there for calling it the Sears Tower. I really appreciate mm. that. And Always. the Big Apple. Yeah. Um, anyone who calls it by the other name is not from around here. Uh, and no, I don't think anybody will ever call it anything but the Sears Tower. So I really appreciate that. Um, man, I live on a golf course. So maybe walk in front of someone's swing. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Just, just like five swings. It takes five. Just like sneak up on the driving range or like in their downswing and put my head right there. Like, um... What about that thing that like picks up the balls from the driving range? Oh! Get in front of that? Get in front of that? This yeah. reminds me of a joke I heard from a priest recently, if you care to hear it. Always. Uh, a policeman shows up at a domestic dispute and there's a man's dead body on the ground, battered. And the woman has a bloody golf club in her hand. And the police officer is like, what happened to this man? Did you kill him with the golf club? She's like, yes, sir, I did. He's like, how many times did you hit him? One, two, three. (laughs) Call the three. (laughs) That's an awesome joke. <laughs> Pretty good producer. <laughs> yeah, what <was> sick producer. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, one thing that drives me nuts about this movie, which is, I think it's what, 2008, The Happening? Mm hmm. We get no stasis whatsoever. Pap, you know me. I love a good Steinbeck intro, which is something that really is not. What do you mean? They're talking about the crippled girl in the book on the bench. We get like a whole 30 seconds. Of <laughs> yeah. Hooray to M. Night for leaving that in there. But uh, we could have gotten a good 10, 15 minutes that didn't have a whole lot to do with the movie. Then we could have like gotten into it, which is an actual happening. Mm. So we just 
roll into whatever this is. And Josh, how does this movie start out? This movie starts off on a Central Park bench. Mm. And there's a red-haired lady and a blonde-haired lady. And I believe you said the red-haired lady is from... Cabin in the Woods, Kristen yeah, Connolly. Yeah, the Cabin in the Woods. Spoilers classic. One of my mm. favorite, quote, horror movies. But basically, horror. this is like um, like the ground zero, I guess, <laughs> for this, what they oh think boy. is... They think this is a terrorist attack at first, too. <laughs> so it really... Downtown New York, Central Park. Have you guys been there before? Yeah. Yeah. In a Central yeah, Park. It's, yeah. it's quite a big park, and people just start dropping dead. And it you find out in the course of the movie, like, they don't just drop dead. They find different methods to kill themselves. Well, it's like they kind of freeze up, right? That they start rambling. There's an attack first. in the mind that's happening. At one yeah. point, they like lay out the order of events, and something in your mind starts rambling. You can hear it in their speech. They all of a sudden stop moving, and then they make a move for the nearest object that they can commit suicide. Which is wild. They find this out within like eight hours of what's happening, so good for them. Mm-hmm. It's a relatively short time frame. Twitter had movie. just not even started like so how is this information getting out so quickly mm. the youtubes <laughs> everybody's watching it on youtube 2008 was i think like one of the first years of youtube it's just it's just is that so, right it, when it was actually catching ground i think yeah it's about right it's just so like profoundly unscary of a thing right like if it's not f- for the blonde girl stabbing herself in the neck like the gore that comes with it like 2005 YouTube. Nothing in the happening is scary. You know, like it's we're the horror, Pap. So we're the horror to the plants. Mm, from the plants' point of view. So w- this movie's from the plants' point of view. Okay. I'm guessing. I don't <laughs> know. No, love terrible, that. Too. No, I love that. <laughs> like, so they love it. The plants love this movie. <laughs> it's plant revenge porn. I mean,. This movie's a lot of things, and on the like, I can accuse M. Night to being a lot of things. I feel like on the nose is kind of his thing, right? He can be a little on the nose at times. What is this movie about, though? Like, that's the thing is, like, I feel bad for calling fucking Signs mid. I regret that. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. That was a bad call. Yeah. This compared to this, Signs is a masterpiece <laughs> compared to this. This is Mikey. Do you remember the marketing for this movie at all? gonna mention that good call no not really oh i do it was big it was everywhere it made it look great m night Shyamalan's first rated r movie this Every- was his first rated r movie everyone oh. was hyped dude the most uh correct me if i'm wrong yeah. but the biggest image in the marketing was that dude about to get run over yeah. by the lawnmower that was like the oh, big yeah, one yeah. and you could see where seeing that in theaters like what i is think there m. was night a doing? super bowl trailer for this as well like it was like everywhere, and M Night was still, um, kind of at that level where it's kind of a big deal. I'm guessing like Post Villager. Oh like, yes, it was. Post He's coming Lady back. in the Water too, right? But like he, still, like I think this was still like M Night had track. He had yeah. trust. Still. He still had some trust. Can we talk about what was this after? Lady Lady in the Water was, was seven, after? right? I think he went six cents. Unbreakable. Yep. Signs. See. 
What a fucking streak that is. No one's looking at IMDb right now. The no. Village. Off Correct. the Dome. That's 04. Lady in the Water. Seven, maybe. Six What's or seven? seven? Oh, seven. Oh, seven. Oh, oh, seven. I think Lady yeah. in the Water was oh, six or oh, seven. Then The Happening, I think. And The Happening was supposed to be the one where it's like M. Night's back. Well, and like M. Night is significant in spoilers because one, he's getting damn close to the king, and two, he's the only director <gasps> to have two punishment movies dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar and The Happening. <laughs> yeah, I can't. You really want a punishment. You go watch Lady in the Water. That thing was shot in a potato. We'll get there someday. Like, that thing is a god awful movie. Here's the thing about The Happening, though. I like some of the bones here. The premise. Don't we all. The what? premise that nature is fighting back in the sneaky way. That's that's the backdrop, cool. though. That's not a foreground. Like that's like that's a backdrop. That's not even that's an cool. idea. That, that's, that's a <laughs> cool premise, dude. That's like, but that's like such like a like. Hey, I have an idea for a movie. Nature fights back. Okay, what happens in it? I haven't gotten that far yet. You know no, what I, mean? like, I kind of want to bring this to- up though. It's the toxins being released. This from is the this is a complete tear. Every down. every M Night movie is like in Pennsylvania, right? Including Avatar, it's just shot in Pennsylvania. We're based <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm pretty sure it's all Pennsylvania. Yeah, but like the Fire Nation, Pennsylvania. So <laughs> I I have a love hate relationship with The Office, which I love what The Office used to be, and I hate what it turned into. But there's also always one cold open that stuck with me for my entire life. And that's where Michael Scott brings Jim in the office and he shows him a picture on his phone. He's like, guess who that is? And he's like, who? He's like, except my apartment complex. That's Johnny Depp. And Jim's like, Johnny Depp is looking for a two-bedroom condo in your condo complex. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, that's not Johnny Depp. And he's like, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, it's too bad his mailbox says M. Shulman on it. And Jim's like, M. Night Shulman? And then he's like, <gasps> and it got cuts to black. <laughs> in this movie, to me, Shulman. In this movie, to me, is what happens when Michael Scott tries to make an M Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> like, because this is how bad this movie is. Is Michael Scott fucking wrote this, wrote and directed this movie? This movie is bad, bad. See, that's what I'm saying. It's a complete teardown. Like, I don't know what it's about. Like, I don't like, and I'm talking about like what it's actually about. What it's actually what about happens right. in it. Like, what? But it's can we about. agree that? the happening in it idea of nature fighting back through released pheromones or whatever yeah, the fuck that's it is. Cool. There could be something interesting in that. I'm kind of with Josh for is. a full movie. Yes. Like that's a good movie. Yes. But, and well, it okay, makes you so, kill yourself. Like, sure. That plus a lawnmower mowing over a guy. You're like, that's going to be a sick movie. That's what I'm trying so, to say. That's the marketing. That's you the guys premise. We just got to get to somehow a lawnmower needs to run over a guy. <laughs> we just got to figure out how to get there. He's I, got a new John Deere. Jump, I jump. got an idea for a movie. Settle for a weed whacker. <laughs> I got one kill, and it's going to be the crux of the whole movie. Twenty get one kill and one kill only. Um, so you guys going to happen wherever. I mean, Josh, I know you have like an editorial type mind. Like, I hate this movie was shot from like beginning to finish uh, with the happening. This movie did not call for that. So whatsoever, it doesn't need that besides like making up scenes. Like where would you have started this movie to increase it? Make like to make it better. Cause doing this as a narrative structure makes no sense. I love when you ask me this question because it's such a challenging question, but I would like to answer in the inverse this time. Yeah. If that's possible. I think, they shouldn't have even hinted. Movie. They shouldn't even hinted that it's nature doing it. Yeah. Until somewhere in the third act, 
Like, I don't think our main character, it, it doesn't behoove our main character <laughs> to be like a, a nature scientist yeah. from the beginning. Why do they even need to say it? it why puts don't, why don't in they a just, really like, weird place. With all the imagery, just have plants. You know what I mean? They have pictures of plants in their house. They, they've run into a botanist yes. at some point. You don't even need to explicitly say, I think it's the plants. Like There could be just looks that convey that mm-hmm. over the course of the movie. I think the fact that there's so many times they th- literally say, I think this is nature. Mm-hmm. It's hard stomach. You know where I would start it, Stevie? What? And I don't know if, if you want to even keep this in the movie, but you start it where Zoe Deschanel's eating tiramisu <laughs> with Joey, and it's not her husband. And then we find that out later. You know what I, I mean? I thought about that too. You started there on that date because that's this is something happening. Like it's about wanting to have kids, or like you know what I mean. Like so, whatever's going on with that. My <laughs> three thing. acts, and this sounds hokey, but like, Joey, it's Joey Tribbiani. Right, Joey Tribbs. Yeah. I, oh, I that sounds ass- great. I just assumed like yeah. he's the type of guy to go. Hey, for- yeah, that'd be awesome. It's- <laughs> uh, but like with the movie, is what we got, and how I would edit it. You know, not making up scenes is we start out at that crazy woman's table where they're getting the last house we're at. That crazy woman who's kind of has that sundowning type of mm. shit going on in her brain, and we start with them at the table. And then our three acts are Zoe Deschanel, Mark Wahlberg, and the kid, and like them living through the happening during like different cut shots. Like that to me is how the only way you bring the story together with what we got. You come together, like yeah, you just like inter- inter- So like piece of act story one together. is Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> act two is Zoe Deschanel. Act three is the kid who you think is their daughter. Like and then you reveal like John Leguizamo like dying. Like you can get like these different act structures from their point of view, leading up to this point. That's the only way you can do this movie. I just appreciate that there's some creativity to your idea. Because like in this movie, like Pat is talking about, we get like cold open part one, which is Central Park, cold open part two, which is like downtown New York, people jumping off buildings. And then we're just smash cut into like 10 seconds of Mark Wahlberg's naturalist scientific classroom until the happening starts like i don't know if you guys have heard about this article in the new york times about honeybees vanishing (laughs) that's the one apparently honeybees are disappearing all over the country see you got to get rid of mark Wahlberg first and foremost like that's (laughs) (laughs) how to save this fucking movie you gotta put him on flight you know united 93 honestly he's terrible he is so bad on this movie it's the flight he missed all right like, even Zoe Deschanel's not good, but, like, why is Mark Wahlberg a science teacher? Like, Why is he talking why about science? Why is their relationship the main focus of the movie rather than the crazy shit happening? Well, Everybody seems so concerned about their relationship rather than everybody committing suicide around them in some moments of the movie. It's really bizarre. <laughs> because everyone cares so much about what, Zoe Deschanel thinks she and thinks. feels. That's what it. Oh my gosh, she drives me nuts. <laughs> Just flat out, yeah. Except in this movie, it's her daughter. It's her like surrogate daughter whose name is Jess. Jess yeah. And the irony wasn't lost on me, but <laughs> no, it's just like whatever like stupid quirk she is feeling is like more important than like 
the zombies bearing down on you in the alley. And I think that's absurd. And her big blue eyes can take a fucking hike. Well, it's like, yeah, when they're in the train <laughs> station, it's like, why are they like hashing out the relationship right now? They think there's been a terrorist attack yeah. and they're fleeing the city. Like what? She's like, hold on a second. Let me talk to my husband. Like, what? Is M. Night real? Has he ever had, like, ever had like a real conversation with someone? Was he married? He's gotta be, I imagine, right? Is he religious? I don't know after this movie. What I don't know what he believes after this movie at all. I'm gonna see if he's married. Let me let me Yeah, let me know if he's married. Because I mean I wanna know what Mikey thinks about Zoe, though. Uh she I mean, if she's tagging along, I think we'd be dead way quicker than what this movie suggests. Uh I think there's a lot of too much worrying about the relationship and not enough survival thinking going on. Uh, I, I don't know. Just I, I don't understand why they're like going through something, why that has to be part of the movie. I need something more like The Mist where everybody's just freaking out in a small enclosed area and trying to figure out what's going on. Nobody's concerned about their own personal bullshit, but there's a lot of personal stuff happening in this movie. M. That's M. Night's thing. M. Night married since 1993. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. She's been, I mean, good for her. She's been there. Kiddos? Whole, I think so. Good deal. Yeah. The whole ride. I wish she would have been a little more upfront about this. Like, John Leguizamo is a bad dad, right? In this movie. His character is yeah. a bad dad. He leaves his daughter. Leaves his daughter. Dude. Because they make it seem like he's being it. a good dad and hero. <laughs> Worst dad, like one of the top 10 worst dads in movie history. He leaves his daughter because his wife bought a dollhouse. <laughs> Dude, I... What does that mean? Josh, I don't know how you feel about this, but if me and me and my little girl were going through like the apocalypse together, mm-hmm. she'd be at my hip through the entire thing. Like no one else is like going through that with mm-hmm. her besides me and that's it. Yeah. Um, I think... <laughs> the... <laughs> It's a wild thing to be like, okay, here you go. The wife said, get on the train early to get the daughter out. Like, you stay with the daughter. And then he goes, he somehow finds a car that's going to Princeton, New Jersey, directly from... Going to Princeton. Oh, good. (laughs) Plot armor. Oh, perfect. The way Jess's mom and dad go out, you really get the feeling that the wife is in heaven waiting with her arms crossed, foot tapping. (laughs) (laughs) John Luke... you leave her yeah exactly he gets up there and she's like what the fuck she starts hitting him with her shoe or no, a newspaper she's telling peter not even to let him in like no 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 <laughs> send him back <laughs> like you have unfinished business you're a casper now <laughs> you're a casper this is my favorite john leguizamo moment from the whole movie Just look at me. Just keep looking at me. Close the vents. I'm going to give you a math riddle, okay? And you're going to tell me the answer. What? What? <laughs> Why would he give her a math riddle in that moment? He's trying to distract her. Why is he all about math all the time? He's a... Math teacher. Just like Mark Wahlberg they only knows about science. He's like reciting like the scientific Yeah, This movie's about teachers. Mm. Oh. What is, I mean, 
Like, George, you know some teachers in your family mm-hmm. and life. What, what would they think of the t- teachers represented in this movie? Man, I'd be just so pissed if my dad left me. <laughs> it's like teacher or not. Like, what? Don't even hell? go with blood, kids. You're going to go with just family friends. <laughs> like, they're not even related. Just going back to that discussion, though. Yeah. When you have a kid, I think you and the mother of the child has like a handshake agreement that, like, if something goes down this is it. and one of us needs to sacrifice to save, like, you know we're on the same like wavelength with that. Yeah. And there's a lot of horror movies. There's a lot of cliches and tropes where like the group splits up. They Scooby-Doo <laughs> they when Scooby-Doo. they shouldn't. <laughs> in this movie, in The Happening, it happens in like slow motion. And it's so painful and so dumb and it's such a bad script choice just flat out. It's so bad. It's bad. And it's kind of wild to me because I know what M. Night was saying when he was like, don't take your hand, don't take your hand unless you mean it, which is like, you better be prepared to die for my daughter. But there's like this musical cue after they do it. Immediately. The funniest thing is, is like throughout the entire movie, there's no subtlety except this one line, which is don't take your hand unless you mean it. The rest of the movie is Mark Wahlberg going, oh, look, a tree. Yeah. Oh, look over there. There's a fence. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you see this? It might be the plants. There's no subtlety other than that except for this one scene right here. Mm-hmm. The music cue gets me, though, like right after that. It's not that subtle. It's like, don't take your hand unless you mean it. Like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> that line is okay. It's an okay line. But your brain yeah. is like, the context for this and his motivation to begin with, the premise is like, mm-hmm. you, you can't quite yeah, get there. Yeah. If he, if you're saying this, sir, you should not leave your daughter. Did right. you not you grab her be... hand? <laughs> you take yeah. her hand. Yeah. Yeah. John, you're right here. I you take it. Which I'm with you, Mikey, like what you said earlier. I don't get why this movie's trying to make their relationship happen so hard. Like even like the crazy lady they meet at the end, who's like, who's chasing who? You know? And like in the end, they like the last shot of the movie, I think, is um Zoe Deschanel being pregnant, you know? So it's like, what is he trying to say? Because it's also like, because at the same time, the plants kill you when there's too many people. This is nature pushing back against too many people. It's like an anti-natalist, but also pro-having babies movie. Like, what, Stevie, what is he trying to say with this? You chase the girl until you knock her up. But don't have too many babies, because otherwise the plants get pissed. You can't have more than three, because then you're a group of six. (laughs) (laughs) And then one of you has to drive to Princeton for no reason. The plants just really hated the northeast uppity rich folks. uh, (laughs) Wanted to take that specific reason This is getting a little too gentrified, folks. Time to trim the fat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gotta lower the cost of housing you here. really gotta lower it here you're talking you know two bedroom ranches going for 500k gotta end this ridiculous um no but what is he trying to say you know you and i talked about this you know at length on a phone call yesterday or you know tuesday about science really had a great message that was about something besides aliens right yeah that's why i love that i think it's m night's masterpiece it actually says something I mean, it's, it's like i feel like i know there's more an about, arc there yeah i know more about m light it's like you know what? i don't know what religion m night is but like necessarily from this movie but i know he like yeah. believes in believing in something and know? i know like, that okay, m night's had probably those something. like darkness of the soul moments where you had to talk to god and tell him how much you hate him or how much you like need him in a moment like that's cool to me mm-hmm. in this kind of movie 
I feel like he had something to say, but just never got there because nothing was actually said. Yeah. I mean, okay, your wife had a, an emotional affair on you. Was it even really? She just lied about having... That's an emotional affair. If you're having dinner with someone... like And lying about it? Di- lunch is one thing during work. Tiramisu? Tiramisu is another thing. They shared it, too. And they like shared the Same it. fork? Intimate. Yes. Yeah. That's, it's basically um, sex. I've never gotten a girl to share a fork with me. Like, that's um too greasy. It's just like okay, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> okay, so she has an emotional affair. That sucks. And so we get this kind of end of the world type deal again, where you know the end of the world brings two people together. Cool, kind of cliche. But then we also get this. John Leguizamo makes mention that Jess isn't the type of girl that goes you know all the way in, or she won't put all you know two feet in on something okay that's another thing so do we ever get a mention during this that like i want kids or you never wanted kids or no never comes up like kind of a wild choice choices were made that makes her character so much even less likable dude it's she's not only like a narcissist yeah she's like clearly got this complex that she deserves better than him to the point where like Honestly, tiramisu, that's like, that's a, that is a euphemism for sex. Like sharing dessert with someone. Sharing dessert with someone it yeah. is, especially if that dessert means something to you. But think about, the, think about yeah. if this is. And we should have gotten an acknowledgement of that, like that's our dessert. Think about if this is the movie, and I'm not saying it's going to fix it at any means, but like it starts with them having tiramisu. Oh, plot twist. That's not her husband. That's the guy she's having an affair with. That's good. Next scene, they're in the, they're in the bedroom. He brings up having kids, and she's just, all she has to do is say one little thing, and maybe this is on the nose, but she says, there's already too many people in the world. You know what I mean? At least it then somehow relates to what the plants are doing. Like, they, these, You know what else that would make stronger? at all. Is if... I think this goes to what Mikey was saying earlier. She could be fucking another dude in the course of this movie, but it's the apocalypse, and they have to stick together anyway. Marky Mark forgiving her and getting over it becomes yeah. so much more powerful if she's not, oh, I just naively had like one bite of a ice cream with a guy. Mm-hmm. That yeah. just undercuts. At night, and I lied to you about it, it was with a coworker. <laughs> like, like they have their big <laughs> fight you feel right before by. this happens. And then they gotta like get in the taxi together or something. Like that's what you're like. I just think like if it's, I, I think in the reality of this movie, she literally only did have dessert with a guy. I think a better movie either leaves that gray. She got a cannoli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a cannoli. nice cheese steak. <laughs> oh, a, a stronger movie, M. Night's first R-rated movie. Yeah. She should be either fucking that dude or you don't know if, if she is or not. And you're in Mark Wahlberg's shoes and you're forgiving her anyway mm-hmm. because you love her and this is the apocalypse. Like, you gotta make ends meet here. This is like. You know what makes this a funny comedy? This is like the Tom Petty coming out in me. So they're kidless, right? They only got each other, right? 
they don't really talk about extended families because M. Night's not that good of a writer. So <laughs> there's no backstory to anything. They can't be. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a best friend. Who he has a best friend. Don't yeah. try to go down a rabbit hole. No. It's not going to work. No. So <laughs> what would be funny to me, though, because I would get real Tom Petty with it, though, is if Mark, if you turn this into a comedy and Mark Wahlberg's trying to find this guy during the apocalypse. Like he's trying to hunt down the <laughs> yeah. other guy during this, this apocalypse. <laughs> that to me is funny as shit. That's how you make a good comedy. He's like avoiding stepping on grass. He's like trying he's like, to get to this guy. He's trying. He's looking for Joey in in Philadelphia or whatever. Like that shit cracks me up because how many Joeys are in Philadelphia? Probably? One of the guys hanging from a maple tree is like so decomposed. He has to like get the dental records to see if he's, <laughs> he's that Joey, a fair guy or not. Yeah. Found him. <laughs> <laughs> Like that to me works as even a comedy. If, even if this movie had like the message of, oh, the plants are fighting back because we're polluting or we're overpopulating the planet or anything. It's like even after all this stuff happens, nothing changes. Everybody's still driving around in cars, still going about their lives, just still doing the exact same shit. And nobody is questioning really what happened. Mm-hmm. I would Mike, be terrified to go outside. You're wrong. People have stopped eating tiramisu with their coworkers <laughs> at night. That's a really good point. Things though. have changed. I mean, like, yeah, like what what does anybody learn from it? What are we supposed to learn? The entire northeast coast of America exactly. was it's... murdered so that their relationship could mend and they could have one child. <laughs> but like there is a um there's a type of like chestnut tree that is super rare in the northeast. It was like everywhere, I think, in the northeast. And then they were just decimated and they only grow in certain spots and it's like illegal, like uncertain. There's like like government grants you can have to grow them, but people don't really know where they're at. And it's like a rare thing if you find them open with something like that, I guess, or something. I just, I think you just never address that. It's actually plants. Like it does. This doesn't need to be confirmed within the movie. No. And you know what? You can tell a story within this as like, that is the backdrop. But you guys are right. They said it like seven times in the movie. I think it's the plants. Mm-hmm. I think it's the plants. The plants do this. I think it's the plants. It's like there's no. I think if they waited until thing. the very end, people are going to be like, "You guys just ripped off the mist." Yeah. If they waited until <laughs> the very end, that's, these guys. That's a good point. <laughs> well, have you guys heard that? Like, Josh, you're a big herbalist, plant guy. Like, you have like a, I went to your house today to pick you up. You have a ton of plants in your backyard. Do you believe that like? If you talk nice to the plants, if you play nice music to them, they grow better. There's a lot of people who genuinely think that. Even the CIA did experiments hooking up plants to like lie detectors, I think. I think they've recently determined that literally just grass it, like screams when it's cut. <laughs> There's some hi- hyper uh, ultrasonic frequency that you can't hear. But yes, I do think plants communicate. And yes, I think that's fascinating and that's a big reason why i like the premise of the movie and then ultimately why it's such a big letdown yeah (laughs) i just can't imagine like like a good horror movie that's actually scary will kind of like fuck you up for a few days you know what i mean or like or you at least some i consider like people were scared of going in the water after jaws or like Getting in the shower after seeing Psycho, or like even Halloween. Going to bed after seeing Hereditary. Dude, Halloween fucked me up too. Like when I was a kid, like so scared of like. You were scared of Michael Myers. I remember that. Yeah, like scary. So like, 
no reasonable person is going to be a scared of trees. Wind. Yeah. Like it really turned into um, it's a the joke. wind. It really turned into wind at the end. That's what it turned into. It was kind Someone of wild. should have farted. Is that in one of the scary movie movies? <laughs> Someone farts and they were like, oh no, they're going to start killing themselves. I, Baby, what you're saying brings me to like what our favorite parts of the movie mm. were. And me, oh. you, and Stevie were both. We have we were having a vague debate before we started the pod because you, Stevie, thought you had, had identified. Laugh. Yeah, but you guys go ahead. So I want to see if it kind of lines up. I think based on what I've been saying, how I do like the premise, and there's some strong bones to this movie. There's a scene where they are like they're kind of running for their lives. They're in the midst of like getting into like more of the country to less populated areas and they're in a house and Mark Wahlberg all of a sudden realizes there's like a plant, one solitary plant in the house and he starts talking to it and it's treated like a character and he's like treating it with compassion because like, hello, like, sorry, we're doing this. It ends up being like a joke because it's a plastic plant that he's talking to. I'm talking to a plastic plant. Yes, but there's like some there's some small sliver in that that I was like, I think this is or could have been the best part of the movie where this like just innocent looking house plant you're suddenly treating with like a lot of respect, and that's also maybe the the movie saying something too because it's like it's a plant, it's a living being. We should also treat it with respect or something but it just completely falls on Damn its tree huggers it falls on its face like two seconds later and the, the whole scene and the plant are plastic but anyway that's more of like what could have been the best scene in the Pat, movie do you have one that you really stood out to you yeah it's uh i think his name's frank collison he's mr r-u-n-n-o-f-t himself from oh brother where art thou uh <laughs> He says, "Pap dogs get a bad rap." I'm like, "Amen, brother. Amen, brother. <laughs> Full of protein, delicious." <laughs> he, he's a weirdo in this movie too. Like, again, like I don't M Night humor. I don't think has ever worked for me. I can't think of one example of an M Night like joke in any movie where I've like laughed where I'm supposed to laugh. Vaminos children. That's not a joke, is it? Well, maybe, yeah. In People in context, it's supposed to be a humorous joke. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, like maybe like the, even like the quick a, cut of like the ladies in the uh, gas masks. It's, it's okay, and like you got the staunch guys like loading up their guns and they're talking about maybe it's the CIA and they kind of look at each other like typical. Yeah, <laughs> you ready, brother? <laughs> Time to roll. Mike, you have a favorite? Uh, in this movie, oh. <laughs> Uh, when he's talking to the lady who's sundowning and she's like, y'all are going to kill me. And he's like, what? No. <laughs> Just like, so deadpan. <laughs> like, I don't know. That was pretty funny, but I don't know. Yeah. It, this is not a, there's not a lot of comedy in this one just cause there's, it's such a dark topic. Uh, I found signs to be a much overall even funnier movie than this. But I think that's just goes with the territory of the content. 
I hear you whispering. Planning on stealing something? No, ma'am, we're not. Plan on murdering me in my sleep? What? No! Um, I think my favorite scene in this entire movie, I really struggled with this film. Because <laughs> there's just so many... I feel choices. like this is going to be an I- ironic favorite. Not oh, a, very. Not a true I mean, it's, it's what made me laugh. <laughs> and it's supposed to be a scene that's harrowing. It's supposed to be a scene that makes you panic inside. And it's a scene that made me laugh so hard. Like, it was like, okay, bravo to M. Night, you got me. The scene where um, me and Pap's favorite, Jeremy Strong, yeah. uh, one of two brothers that are in this movie, one of the Roy's. Eldest boy. Yeah. Connor Roy's in this movie, too. Yeah. Fucking love Connor oh running for God. president one day. The principal. Yeah, Alan Ruck, my man. But um Jeremy Strong plays uh kind of a Gomer Pyle private. Um I hate that trope so much. Really, really hate that trope. Um but Yuck. the scene where he's like, This is my gun and he starts killing himself or starts everybody starts killing themselves with the same gun. There's a scene, there's a camera shot with Zoe Deschanel kind of like angled down towards her, meaning that she has no authority. That's what that means. <laughs> she has like no authority or agency to herself. And also there's shots of other people that also have an angled, angled camera down towards them where they just look at Mark Wahlberg and they go, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And they're getting really panicking. Like they're really panicky. And then Mark Wahlberg starts to go through the scientific method as gun bullets, as bullets are flying just over the hill. Imminent death is upon them. And he starts to go through the scientific method. In my brain, I was like, all right, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. That, that was the last straw. And just because the brain in itself, like you can freeze. Like people do freeze. In a group like that, some folks are going to start running. It's just the other fight or flight and not, you can't tell me everyone in that group was completely, you know, just like not going to do anything. Just kind of standing there and be like, I don't know what we're going to do. It kind of drove me nuts. I don't know how long this clip is. Let it run. Late as it lies. The wind. Look, if y'all follow him, y'all gonna die. You follow me up on this. I'm in charge of this group. Ain't nobody else in charge of this group. My firearm is my friend! It will not leave my side! Private Oster. My firearm is my friend. (laughs) 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 Like, yeah, I love you. (laughs) I'll say this about Jeremy Strong. He goes all fucking out for whatever role. He's a great actor. He's doing, but like. I, I don't know. I, he did I'm, the whole Gomer Pyle thing, right? Yeah. Like, like, Do you think he was method for this role? Oh, definitely. He was saying cheese and crackers. Like, Dude, has M. Night ever met a human? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Just, that stuff drives me insane, but it's like, yeah, if you're breaking is- down the scientific method, like during a really supposed to be, it's like a wh- horror film. 
and people are looking to you and you don't have the answers either, just oh, not a whole lot you can do with that. Who do you think is the best performance in this movie? Oh boy. Like if you had to pick one. Because I think that's like like pretty much start and stop of like where some of the problems are is like everybody sucks. <laughs> Literally everybody sucks. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. the, the thing is when everybody sucks. That's M. Night's problem. That's not even the actor's problem. No, because you know I, mean? I mean, they're actors. They're just doing yeah. what he says. Yeah, they're just doing what he says. They're, they're using the takes that he wanted it's to like use. It's like Star Wars prequel problems. He cast them, yeah. Like, like Ewan McGregor is not a good actor all of a sudden in these three movies. Right, yeah. <laughs> hmm, who's dude, who could that be? The, <laughs> no one knows how to smile. That, Everything's super dry. I wonder what happened. <laughs> The dude that blasts two kids with the shotgun, he's pretty good. I, I said he did nothing he wrong. He nails it. He did nothing wrong. The what person you who you literally can't see their face is the best actor in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what did, Pap, what did he do wrong? He murdered a child. They were trying to break in. Second kid. They were trying to break in. They are trying to break in during the apocalypse. Hey. But second the second amendment. kid was. Oh, yeah, he's collateral. Do you have to murder two? Like, why wouldn't you murder one? The second kid's got to get the memo. Like, well, he wasn't moving. It was pretty sneaky too. The way the gun comes out, like, all sneaky in the back, fired and fired a warning. The shot. second kill was a racist kill. That was the most racist kill. <laughs> that and was Stevie the- pointed <laughs> out. This movie would have been better if that guy was just flat out racist. From if he was like shouting the craziest shit, that would have been so much scarier. From his house, it's like, oh, like we need to get out of here. And you don't think that guy would? I mean. There should have been more crazy people in this movie to begin with. I mean, also fucking shit up for for normal people not committing suicide yeah, in this and, world. And I this guess. guy isn't even that crazy. He's literally just defending his house. Yeah, that's what that, he's doing. That dude is like trying to break his door down. <laughs> you don't There's not enough there. chaos. Way too many people are working together. Hold on a second. What he does is not right. I don't no. condone it. You guys just said he did nothing wrong. No, I didn't. I didn't say <laughs> what are you talking he's, about? He's not coded as like movie crazy that you want to see. Yeah, he's like he's he's unhinged, but it's within the realm of possibility. We need to see this dude shouting out some racist or hateful shit mm-hmm. to make this the point of this scene drive home. But the problem is, like, the one crazy lady we get, I don't understand what's going on with her. No, at that's all. no one does. No. Sundowning? That, no. What are you saying? Is that what you say to the Hulk when he's falling asleep or whatever? Sundowning. No, that's what it's called. It's called, it's called sundowning. What is what called? That's what Scarlett Johansson like says. Like when you're getting the Mark. symptoms of Alzheimer's and stuff. Yeah, oh. so... Uh, like so that little baby doll, she didn't even know what was going on. There's a phenomena where, like, literally, when people have deficiencies like vitamin D, and like, literally, like, the sun goes down, and there's like different like shifts. Um, Sun's getting real low. Uh, people like, literally yeah, that's like where that <laughs> that's where that comes from. It's called sundowning. Is it yeah. really? Yes. Isn't is that not what Scarlett Johansson says to Mark Ruffalo a bunch of times in the Marvel movies? What? Am I crazy? I like know. when you're trying to talk him down from like becoming the Hulk, you're like, "Hey, Bruce, sun's getting real low. 
Chill out. I don't know. You guys don't remember? I know what you're talking about because it was a really bad thing they tried to do, which is like those two be in love in those movies. It was really stupid. But um, there's that. But sundowning is weirdly like. Well, I mean, so you're, so you're I, saying she has Alzheimer's or she has a vitamin D deficiency? She has a mental. Uh, is she because she's also been living alone for apparently decades and growing her own food? State of confusion society? occurring in the late afternoon and lasting into the night. Sundowning can cause different behaviors such as confusion, anxiety, aggression, and ignoring directions. But she's that Sundown- way in the morning. Sundowning can also lead to pacing and wandering, with the patient confused and having no idea who they are or how they are acting. But she's always kind of grumpy. She's always kind of like... She's like competent, though. She's just a bitch, you guys. Yeah. She's just an <laughs> old she's grumpy bitch. She Jess's hand when she's just trying to get an extra biscuit. Like, she just do. This does not work in the course of the movie. It's like uh, it's like the M. Night did make a movie about sundowning, though. Uh, I agree that that is what's happening to her. Yeah. But as a movie watcher, it's like... It's like the architect in The Matrix and how flat that falls. Yeah, she's like the final character, right? Yeah, and it's, it's like climax of the movie. Basically, this is your seventh time coming here. Yeah, you get a sense <laughs> that she's dropping some sort of knowledge or wisdom, and it's just flat, and there's nothing to garner. Well, it's like you can't really escalate the thing with the plants. You know what I mean? You can kind of be like, well, no, the wind blows over. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. <sighs> you hear that tree mm. creak underneath the the swing. Like, so you got to like bring in different people. You know what I mean? Like you're dealing with the fallout of this event, which, by the way, is happening over the course of 12 hours. You know, it's like it's not even like a week. You know, it's like one day. It's like 25 hours, right? It's like 8 to 9 a.m. the next morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's all it is. It's yeah. So see, that's a that's a movie I could have gotten behind, though, is like them being in the house with the sundowner while the real horror is outside. But then but you the gotta, horror that we see it. Yeah, in. that would be yeah. cool. That's a movie. That's called. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah. Like that's an actual movie. <laughs> but then you're changing what the movie is about. Like this. What I, is the movie about? What is this movie? What don't is this know. about at all? Plants. It's. I think it's about the emotional affair. I, I truly think that's like the biggest theme. But so like she wins. The relationship is stronger. Like she wins him back. By taking care of Jess, that's what. Like we, we don't even see her being a good mom. Like, I yeah, because um, Maki Mak is the one that um consoles her when she realizes that both her parents are dead. Like Mark is the one in the fields, like holding her. Maki Mak. Her. <laughs> you know Mark. what I mean? Like yeah, he's the one. Like Jess just looks confused. Like. Why is he showing emotion to I do someone think, that's not me? I do think she's like <laughs> respecting him more <laughs> there, though. You know what I mean? No, she's like realizing he would be a good parent there. I think that's like what the movie is trying to say, at least. But we know. Okay, even, but we know he'd be a good parent. We don't. The question is on her. That's that's the problem. We know he would be a good parent, but in their life, he has this line where we haven't had kids because I need to grow up still. That's like I'm chasing her. I haven't quite grown up. She's but what's weird is like when um who's the best friend? What's the actor's name? John Leguizamo. When John Leguizamo is like telling the story of their wedding day, which by the way, that conversation starts out 
John Leguizamo goes, I'm going to tell something you should never tell your best friend. And Mark Wahlberg goes, why do people keep saying this? Why? Who keeps saying this? Who? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did we, was there a deleted scene? Like that line is Ooh, insane. That's true. That is like, it's, an ins- it's a crazy person's line to throw in there. Like this works. This works. It's like what? But he, he tells him that like. Uh, that reminds me of Office Space where everyone tells Peter. Hey man, I, I get the feeling she's you. cheating on you, yeah. bro. It's <laughs> like, why yeah, has everyone too. been saying that lately? <laughs> yeah. And she's cheating on you, Peter. Yeah, me too, Lawrence. <laughs> but John was almost says Joey Deschanel was like crying when they got married. Like she wasn't ready to jump in. But then Mark Wahlberg saying that he needs to grow up. Like, what is the fundamental problem with their relationship and how does it get resolved over this apocalyptic night? You know? Like what also that like you have to answer that you have to something like it's crying on your wedding day is such a show don't tell scene like imagine if, in the, like a tell Pat- don't show you mean like <laughs> yeah exactly like imagine um, you and I love the movie Casino right Pat like we'll yeah. probably do a commentary on it at some point just watched it a few weeks ago it's amazing it's amazing imagine if we get the scene where um, Robert De Niro isn't standing over Ginger while she's on the phone with James Woods and she's crying on her wedding day. Yeah. Like, that's a great tension builder. That's something that, like, we need to see. Mm-hmm. And if this relationship, like Josh said, no, even better, like, like uh, someone just tells us about it, that it happened. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Like, um, what's his face? Um, Joe Pesci's yeah. like, yeah, she's crying on the wedding day, dude. It's like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> what you, could, could we have seen that? Yeah. Like, we, we didn't see this. Why? I mean, this movie is truly about the relationship. Like, we kind of need to see this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't have kids. This relationship, I imagine, is somewhat new. Um, we could see it. Wouldn't hurt it. And Zoe has nothing to grasp onto. What are her interests? Yeah. What is her job? Staring. Who is she? What is? What is her job? What does she do? I have no idea. I thought who she, she was is. a pharmacist. But they, then that wasn't true. No, he likes a pharmacist at some point. He tells a joke about that. Remember? I know, but my whole thing is, is like, you think he's like talking about like their relationship, kind of like a foundation of like. Remember, like when we fell in love. That's how I. And instead, yeah. sorry, Deschanel goes. Is that true? <laughs> You're just like, wait, what? <laughs> and then she said. Then she says, "Yeah, she Thank sucks." You. Thank oh, you. that would be. So- I never thought of that. If that story was just about their relationship, and she's like bought into like the punchline of it, yeah. And she realized, but at the end of it, she's like has no none. You're just recollection. like but that's. She's the one who's supposed to be making a change, and you're right. We don't know anything about her. Like Mark Wahlberg's character, she has no agency to her character whatsoever. So I'm like, I could say Zoe Deschanel's a bad actress in this movie because she is, but she also has no material to show her acting ability at all. I don't think it's her yeah. fault, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, she does suck, but like, it's not her fault that she sucks either. And like, what does does Mark Wahlberg's character learn or change or grow in any way? Like, he holds a kid. But he's already good with kid. Well, kind I know, of. I know. He's got a creepy sort of. thing for a teacher to say, like, "Yeah, hey, you're a pretty hot 15 year old dude. Don't worry." Like that is wild. Like for him to say, uh, "Like stop being so woke." He does change. You, you think he, it's cool? He braves the winds to go grasp her hand in the last scene of the movie. Dude, that whole opening scene is weird with the <laughs> the one kid. He's like, "Don't worry, you'll be a heartthrob your whole life." Like it's weird. Like. No, but I was answering your question from a second ago. Yeah. Does he change? Do you change just because of the wind? Is that what you said? No. What is t- it with holding hands? They're talking to each other through the like slaves tunnel. 
Yeah. And he's like, I want to die with you. Like, I'll risk it. And I think that's supposed to be the moment where he's changed and he's like walking across the but field. But shouldn't that her. be her? Shouldn't she be the one to be like, I want to die with you? Because like, just, she doesn't want anything to do with him the entire movie. He's she's been non-committal her. the whole time. He's, she's yeah. been knocking tiramisu with someone else. For she a does while. meet him out there at least. Yeah, and she kills Jess in the process, or is willing to. Like, she's like, "You're coming with me, kid." Like, I know I held your hand and all, but <laughs> I'm your mom now. Let's go. <laughs> I brought you into this world. <laughs> I could take you out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your mom now. So M Knight's like the twist guy, right? He's probably he's probably had what? Is he really though? This yeah. is his anti-twist the movie. Villain? Well, no, it's not because they tack on the twist at the end and you're like, why is this here? Dude, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But you're supposed to be like, oh, no twist. Oh wow. The twist is what, there's a twist. Happens again? <laughs> the twist is there's a twist. That's the twist. There's a twist. Yeah, Mikey, it's like the twist is that <clears throat> it is actually plants. The twist is what they've been telling us the whole goddamn movie is true. See, like you can't even actually describe it. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's ineffable. I mean, M Night, so he had six sense is a good twist. Um Unbreakable is a good twist. I like the village. Uh, the village was a good twist in a bad movie. What's the twist in Unbreakable? Like the uh, Mr. Glass. Mm. Yeah, he was behind yeah. it all. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good twist. There's heroes, and so then there are also villains, villains and yes. so like it makes sense that that yeah. should be true in this world. It's like, really good. You're and right, building yeah. onto that world, I know you hate it, Pap. Split was a great twist, great reveal. Wait, shit. Sure. Split. Sure. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> You gotta admit it was good. People got excited about People it. People did get excited. I was very excited. Mikey, when I saw that. damn, this one of our best spoilers jokes: unwatchable ass and shit. Unbearable. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell me this guy stinks. It's one, one of the best things we have. Mikey does make a good point that the village is solid. So we get like, you know, Lady in the Water is very fairy tale. I think there's what mermaids and shit. No twist in signs, notably. No, that's just well laid out. It's There's just, no twist. It's just very well laid out. Yeah. Um, everything kind of falls onto itself. It's fantastic. And then we get here, which is you're tailing a narrative structure about something that's very obvious throughout. And the twist is that not only was it something that was obvious the entire movie is what it was, but also that it's in other places. And it like undercuts. So is this sequel bait or is this twist bait? Because it can't be both. Well, it's the funny thing. It's like, I don't. Like in the age of, we're talking about whether YouTube existed or whether Twitter existed. There's no way they would have included this movie had there been like social media or podcasts about movies. Like, because that's like the only thing there would be left to discuss is like, what do you think caused the happening? You know, like that would be the mystery. People would go back and look for clues. Like, they throw plants in your face and they say it's plants. So they almost like give you some doubt. You know what I mean? At the end, in that news, like, uh, show where they're arguing back and forth like well why did it only happen in the northeast just ask that question and let the audience like think about it later like was Mark Wahlberg fucking crazy like looking at all these plants like it, it makes the movie at least 5% better like slightly better if they don't explicitly tell you within the con- like within the story that it's plants let us wonder yeah I mean this is a movie that didn't need a twist. It didn't need a narrative structure. And it needed, 
this is the issue with producing, writing, directing, right? Someone needed to tell him. Someone no. needed to tell him no. Like this, the slow motion shot of John Leguizamo. Is hard, looking, hard horror. Someone has to be this. This looks bad. Someone needs to tell him that. Wait, did you guys rewind that a couple times too to see if yeah. your internet was like, yep. yeah, broke? <laughs> Fuck, what a waste of time. It's wild. And it just, um, it blows my mind that like, I'm not a big fan of like studio interference for the most part, but at some point you need to be showing your work. Like, here's where we're at, and this is what we got. And the fact that no one was kind of intermediating to being like. This kind of sucks. And they shot it in sequence, too. So they had to know, like, this isn't getting any better. At a certain point, it's just horrible. This is I think this is, like, one of the worst movies we've ever done. The Happening 100%. This is a pure punishment. It's one of the worst, like, real movies. And it's so bad, it's, like, almost falling into, like, not even a real movie territory. You know what I mean? Like a Birdemic or, like, a B movie or movie with no budget. No, it's way better than moving, I think. I think or, movings. Wait, no, this. sorry. Movies. What? Movings way better than this. Movings way better. Than moving this. is way better. Oh, yeah. Dude, Let's yeah. go. Wow. Guys. Yeah. This movie. Wow. This movie is These are my boys. Unwatchable. Unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly so bad. It hasn't been a good back to back for spoilers <laughs> in terms of movie picks. Let's just be. I love your guys' take on this because I think it goes to show how important storytelling is to movies. So important. Over like audio quality and visual quality. It's like, it's nothing here. It's so thin. Could one of the executive not asked one background question about Zoe? But it's not, it's not just the story though. Yeah. The story is terrible. I don't think there's one shot. You could. In this movie that looks good. Like they're like, Really? Not that it looks bad, but like we just we just did signs like a couple weeks ago. Like it's that, a different level. Like anything you pause it on, like God damn, this looks pretty. There's nothing in this movie that looks pretty, and it's a movie that's like ostensibly about nature. Outside. Yeah, like you have you have all of nature. You can put this movie wherever you want. You don't have to do it in fucking rural Pennsylvania. The shots of like a prairie or a line yes. of trees with like wind rustling yes. through is something. We could go out and grab at Oxbow Park. Film this in the fall. Like, <laughs> what? Why, why couldn't the happening have been in the fall? <laughs> it's not interesting no. what you're seeing on screen. It's yeah. like, yep, I've I've been in a field of grass when a breeze has gone through. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's wind. <laughs> he was handicapped by having to film nature. You know, how do you make that look good? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> so, Pap, like, we always like. I'm happy that Josh brought up storytelling again. The other way to fix this, too, is to Jurassic Park this shit and just to make Mark Wahlberg kind of Alan Grant. Well, yeah, that's what I keep thinking of, right? With, like, the kids. Afraid to, like, you could have had him be a dad where he lost a kid and he's afraid to become a dad again. But that, see, but even that, like... Because that would explain, like, the separation between the two. Mm-hmm. And, like, it sucks to say, like, you know, this kind of, by death, you know, adopted child would mm-hmm. kind of bring them back together, but... <laughs> Well, Mark it, Wahlberg's willingness to become a dad again and be that mm-hmm. uh, for someone other than something of, traumatic though. Yes. Either like a child death or a cheating on situation or I think you could fill in a couple more. Ga- Some. Yeah. hundred like, percent. And like something tangible. Yes. Something that your soul like grabs onto immediately. At least to your point, maybe seeing Joey. Yeah. And getting a sense of like, oh, that relationship is getting a little saucy. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't have been doing but it's just like yeah. 
it just crosses the line a couple times. You know what I mean? We see her at her job, and like it's like this is inappropriate. You know like what I mean? He, like not overt. He grazes yeah. her hand. Or, mm-hmm. uh. Like how Jim and Pam were acting when she was engaged <laughs> to Roy. Dude, <laughs> speaking that's, of that, uh, that's greasy. Looking back on that in an adult, that's greasy as shit. Uh, yeah, I'll bring this up again. Is it too on the nose if you make him? An anti-natalist, like like let's say he grew up in like like he had seven siblings. Let's say he, like he grew up Amish or something. Like probably not, but like he has, hard Mennonite. He has seven siblings, and he's like, there's already too many people in the world, and that's like what the plants are doing. And you never say it's the plants, but like it becomes obvious, you know, that it's the more groups of people there are, they start getting cut down. And that's like I don't know, is it too on the nose to do that? Like, Look, to tie it in. There are two groups of people coming together. Now they are dying. That's literally what happened. That's a, like a line <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Is, could that possibly work, Steve? Or is that just too... You can tell it's too cheesy. I just, it's better than what we got. I could at least make the two things connect in some... I mean, M. Night makes his movies in the cheap cheap, which is fine. I think it's great. You know, studios <laughs> make a ton of money. Cool. You want to shoot this shit on a potato? Awesome. How much money did this make? I want to look that up. If I had to guess, probably 45, 50 mil. Mike, you have a guess? I feel like that's a lot. I would say 30. Because I feel like everybody was bagging on it as soon as it came out. I don't have a guess. $163 million. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> that the man mar- has the market- goodwill still going. The, the marketing is important, boys. On a $60 million reported budget. $60 million? Mark Wahlberg took 50 of that. There's say, no yeah. way. I don't know where the rest of that yeah, went. I mean, go. there's no there's effects. No there's... No action. The set is just Pennsylvania. Did he build that brick house from scratch and charge a contractor's fortune? Jesus. Dude, the effects that there are look like shit. Like the guy who gets eaten by the lion. <laughs> like, why did oh, they show Oh, God. They that, cut away. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> they cut away and it's like, oh, that was pretty terrifying. <laughs> cut back I want, to it. <laughs> I want that guy's 12 hours <laughs> leading yeah. up to the happening. That's what I want. I think the car crash into the tree looks okay. Mm, yeah, it's okay. And I actually think, how do you say his last name? John League was Amo. Yeah, I think him. And I do think when I saw this in theater, this is the one point in the movie where the audience had tension. When he like walks out of the car and like picks up a shard of glass and just starts like with a blank stare stabbing What's his wrist. Just watch him die. It cuts away. I don't know. That's a yeah. you see him scratch it well, a few times no, that's, though. But that's that's a good it's point. Going the wrong way though. You gotta go. You gotta go north to south. You can't go. You north gotta north make this movie gorier too. Like if that's what you're gonna do. Yeah. Like lean into it. Go full Cronenberg. You know, like I don't know. Like let's see, let's see someone blow their head off. Like and show it. You know, like make go full B movie with it. Like lean into the gore. Oh yeah, all of the kills. Yeah, are that like, kid's head should have been gone. Yeah. Like shot. the cop that shoots himself in the head, we don't see that. We only see yeah. him like falling down on the ground. Everybody that shoots himself, we don't see. Right. It's, I don't know. I mean, also, why would you shoot yourself like front to back? That still kind of blows my mind. It's a rated R Getting movie. pretty nitpicky here, see. <laughs> well, if I'm a director, suits. I'm like, hey, this kind of making any sense. Let's go from the side here. See and, your, and I'll say it again. Like the plants aren't scary. So if that's all you have, lean into the gore. Show fucking John Linguizamo slitting his wrist. Like show these things because it's like... At least you got to get some kind of emotional reaction from me, rather than boredom. <laughs> like, a, I want like frustration. I have a dark question. Yeah, because we answered like, <laughs> how would you accidentally 
suicide yourself if uh, like, what would your brain do yeah, yeah if the plant pheromone hit your sensors and you couldn't f- help it but like if i could just kill myself with like no pain sensor i think i could probably just choke myself or just hold my breath or like could Dude, you grab your so skin true. and just start like, ripping it off or like just stop breathing. That's where you get Cronenberg <laughs> from, though. Someone peeling off their skin off. Like, yeah, that's, like, that's what made me think about it. That's like, fun. Just start mm-hmm. sticking your like fist down your throat. Well, and they look fucking. That's some good. That's some good podcast. They look audio. fucking stupid when they just stand there too. That makes no sense. That's okay. So that to me is <laughs> like good for marketing, I guess. Because like when when we saw the trailers for this, we saw stills. It's like everyone's just standing. Why? Mm-hmm. Like. Okay, cool for marketing. Maybe good for an intro. Don't ever show that shit again. Because like in the beats of the movie, it drives me insane. Yeah. Intro, maybe once. Because it's, it's when it starts, right? I think the fact that everyone is like still as if they're like trying to do a freeze frame is really fucking ridiculous. Stuff. They should at least be kind of like bobbing gazing in confusion scarier. like in last yeah. of us and like last of us is <clears throat> god i mean it's yeah. actually an actual story yeah. compared to this like the brain is fighting itself like through like the transformations cool yeah terrifying but like terrifying but cool entertaining entertaining <laughs> but it's like the brain is literally fighting itself where you see people like get slurred speech they start talking nonsense and they start like having last ditch <laughs> efforts to try and talk like a human that's mm-hmm. awesome we get none of that and this is what we get is freeze frames because M Night is a cheap ass, and that's about it. Yeah, that's like the brain fight is like, oh, they're frozen now. It's like, okay, I guess for sixty million. I don't know if there's good bones here, Josh. I think this is like literally a complete teardown. Like, yeah, if you want to start with complete like complete teardown, what do you mean by that? It means you level the house. You, you don't even like take out the drywall. You just level the house. <laughs> we're just, it's totaled. We're bulldozing. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> imploding. We got that ball. We got that ball. You know, swinging ball going. Plants can communicate. Well, we keep the other. we keep the lawnmower kill. Yeah, <laughs> lawnmower. keep the lawnmower kill and the line kill. We've we've proven plants can communicate. I think it's fair to assume they don't like being killed off, and there are instances of nature of plants doing like crazy shit, like a Venus flytrap. Or in this movie, they they talk about how it can, if a plant is like being killed by a moth, it can release a chemical that summons a wasp that kills that moth. I think there's like, there's something there. They're, they're there's really, crazy shit that happens like in the rainforest too. What about like uh, the spiders that get zombified by like mold? Yeah. Cordyceps. Cordyceps. But all of these are like things that evolved over some period of time. It's not like like these all these plants just flip a switch and they're like fuck people in particular. You know, like that's plants do some crazy stuff though. There's like you know those like hanging pouch like flowers are like up in trees, like in the, the Amazon and shit. Like they fall and like No, you? like there's like a flying squirrel that'll literally like needs them uh for places to stay safe at night because they have predators that are around, but also they like shit in those things. And then when it rains, it like fertilizes the ground beneath them. It's like a whole ecological system, like based on this one act. Hmm. So like, I do like the idea of plants doing crazy shit, but the largest like single organism on the planet is like this tree. What? Okay. Go ahead and go to, we'll skip trivia for this one. 
There's what? two organisms. One, it's I had a, a trivia it's too. It's a mushroom community and it's a tree <laughs> community. But that's like my point. Like, I guess like the fact that plants can communicate in a way that we can't really conceive, but we now know is going on, is a good. Maybe it's not bones, but it's like a. Bi- is it a skin? It's a yeah. backdrop. <laughs> it's, a- it's an interesting kernel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think the like one of the problems is too is like the word of mouth. I remember people just being like, oh, the happening was plants. And like the, your first reaction was, that's fucking stupid. And the people would be like, yeah, it was. You know? Like, and, the, and in the movie, as soon as you start watching it, they tell you it's p- plants. I had a kid yeah. argue with me in the middle of Michigan who I didn't know about how great this movie was because M. Night wasn't trying to do anything great. He mm. was trying to tell you what it was. And it's like, no, it's just a bad movie. What's the worst part, Steve? I think I did. Pick, I think I picked this for you at a punishment episode when Corey was in town. And we did the. So I gotta know, like, what, 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 uh, makes your skin crawl the most? Seeing Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg in the same room. <laughs> Interact. Zero chemistry. Zero, zero chemistry. Yeah. Zero Is, tension. Uh, you you would have thought they just walked on set that day, shook hands, and said, "Okay, let's try to be a married couple." Zero anything. Is it M Night? Make a cameo? He's Joey, the Joey. Yeah. Oh. Why is he always like the... He's either like the adulterer, the murderer. (laughs) Like... (laughs) (laughs) He's always the crux of the whole... There he he is! (laughs) No, but yeah, trying to see those two, like, try to act their way out of this was just hard. Yeah. Um, Especially if that's the crux of the movie, the tension of the movie, there's zero of it. It's just... M. Knight sounded like he looked at paper and said, hey, I want a new house in Malibu. <laughs> and I wrote this in a weekend, shot it in 40 days, and said, I'm good. I want a new cottage in rural Pennsylvania. Yeah, like I want something, you know. And I'm sure M. Knight's a nice guy, but at a certain point, like, when I talk about losing trust with your audience, this is the one that, like, lost, lost, lost my trust. Well, what's crazy is Last Airbender came out after this. Like, he wasn't... He Insane. Had- and after Earth, like he hadn't hit rock bottom yet. Like he, he had more to go. He had farther to fall. What do you think is the worst part in the movie, Bab? Because I'm with Stevie. What you said earlier, where there, where Mark, Marky Mark is asking everyone to give him a goddamn second. Yeah, that scene is like memeably bad. Yeah, it's I think insane. it's Mark Wahlberg. Like I, I would say, like it's even more so than Zoe Deschanel. Like I don't think she's good in this by any means, but like. I just can't believe that Mark Wahlberg is the person this movie wants me to believe that he is. You know, like Which a nerdy, is what? A nerdy science teacher. Not for a second. <laughs> Not for a second, buddy. No way. I mean, it doesn't make it any better, but who should be in this movie besides Marky Mark? Uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom <laughs> Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks and Timothy Chalamet. If Tom Hanks played the lead, it would be Tom a better Hanks. movie. That's Dude. Pappy's fucking slant on every movie. Yeah, slant on every movie. <laughs> 2008 nerdy guy. 2008 nerdy guy. Who um, is in a failing relationship? Justin Long? Zach Braff. Oh, okay. Justin you guys are Long? on to a certain like theme of dudes, though, that are... James Marsden? Better actor, mm. better looking. Yeah, that could work. Zoe Deschanel wouldn't cheat on James Marsden. <laughs> no, that man is chiseled head to toe. <laughs> that's probably true. And he'd be acting with something that's not there, which is like wind, which is James Marsden always acting with CGI animals. Mm. 
You'd be used to it by now. Yeah, just weird casting for Mark Wahlberg. What do you guys think Zoe Deschanel's character in this movie likes to do in her free time? Cheat on her husband. Yeah. Cheat. <laughs> Constant cheating. Suck other dudes' dicks. <laughs> See, that's a line that needs to be in this movie. <laughs> that's a line that needs to be in the movie. Is Mark Wahlberg talking about Zoe Deschanel sucking dick? I, I don't even know her anymore. I don't know what she does in her free time. And some guy on the side, like Josh. Dick. Josh is like, yo, probably sucking. <laughs> Um, I don't know. She seems like she was born into money. Get the feeling she's cheating on you, Peter Man. <laughs> yeah, get that. Too. <laughs> uh, no, but like, I think she likes wine tastings. Mm. You know, going to nonprofit benefits where she has her family's name on something, just stuff like that. Being at places where Mark isn't, and Joey, and Joey is. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't even want to spend any time with him. It feels like I don't know. She doesn't even ride like she's on disgusted the train. by him. Like yeah. this could be the tr- the last train ride they ever go on. She's like, I'm gonna sit by myself. Why is that? Why does she want to sit by herself? Cool off. For what? They haven't been together all day. Well, she had just missed a couple calls from Joey. She probably needs to be in a place where she can receive a call. She was mad that Joey. John that he had told John Leguizamo that they had been fighting. Also, a really strange thing to say to your best friend before anything happens. Dude, that's a whole that's a whole plot thread that makes no fucking sense either. Like there's something that they want to play cool. We're going through stuff. I didn't know. What now you know? But no, there's something they want to do with like the mood ring and like Jess being a private girl who like likes to whisper and Zoe De Chanel like like not wanting to express herself, but it goes nowhere. Like you have these three things that are clearly like talking on the same subject of like emotional vulnerability but okay. it's not explored or developed or a lot of movies that are good have different elements like this that don't like mesh together in a like rational like scientific way but is afraid but there's still a feeling yeah. That it all kind of works together Bo is afraid <laughs> yeah. Bo is honestly yes but this movie is absent of that feeling the mood ring is senseless. Yeah. <laughs> like, mood ring means part, nothing in Mark this movie. It's like, oh, it's yellow. You're going to laugh. I'm like, how is he going to make her laugh? He just goes, Arr. terrible. <laughs> absolutely and then we terrible. Get, and scene. then we get the lions eating the guy. Insane. This is 2008. If that was like 2000, <laughs> if that was like 1930, I'd be like, mm, and the humor is just not translating. <laughs> yeah. Like people thought things were funny <laughs> back then. Fuck, dude. <laughs> Nothing happens. <laughs> He's like, hey, check this out. Check out this cool video I just found. And he shows her the lot of the guy. You have first off. This will make you smile. Have you seen YouTube? Have you checked that out? First off, like that. I don't know how to explain this. So camera phones, like even on the iPhone 2008, wasn't that great at this point. No. Obviously, film transposed onto that phone. So hard to watch. As you can tell, they're watching nothing on that phone. I hate like all of the cell phones in this movie. I hate the cell phones. I hate the news. I really hate the news in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that this needs to be a bottle episode. You can take the cell phones out of the equation so quickly if that's the case. None of us have cell service, you know? We, we don't have, have cell watch. service. 
John the, Leguizamo's the one like, she's news, not responding to email. <laughs> the, the news and BlackBerry. <laughs> the words from I, I want. I don't have like a hard theory on this. I'm, I'm hoping you guys can decode. But there were a couple parts in the movie where it was specifically like a radio they're trying to tune in, like with a truck. And when they found one out on a farm, yeah, 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 that seemed to be like kind of okay. Yes, that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Is that just because like movies haven't adapted to like mo- how to use modern technology within the story at this point, or is that like uh, there's kind of like a oh. cell phone? There's so many like we've talked. Yeah, Pat and I talked about so this many endlessly. possibilities that like a cell phone opens up. You know what I mean? Like because you can call someone, you can email someone, you can like Google shit. Like the radio is like only giving you what the what radio can give you. You know what I mean? That like, they find that one and it's like the emergency broadcast and at a random. Yeah. Point in. Pap and I have talked before. We've been like, if we're going to make a movie, we have to have it where cell phones cannot be in the equation. Just take them out. Just take them out immediately because they ruin everything. Well, and like, it's not fun. Like I said, it's not fun to watch John Leguizamo like try and email Blackberry it out. Yeah. Like, that's, I don't know. Maybe it's too close to home. I don't know. Like, it's. (laughs) No, if if I ever make a movie, it's going to be set in a decade or give a reason where cell phones don't need to be in there because I don't just want to fuck with it. The cell phones, though, to be fair, not even the top 20 biggest problems of this movie. No. They might have improved it. <laughs> yeah. But the newscasts doling out information is probably plants. Like, the whole time is does undercut mm-hmm. the plot. And WNN would never go, I mean, if it did exist, it might be the CIA. Like, that's <laughs> like... yeah. You know, we know what news stations those belong to, and I don't think WNN is one of them. More like OAN. Yep, there you go. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, do we even have to do yes or no's? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mikey, let's start with you. Get, give it a yes or a no. For the record books. Gives everyone a little soapbox, yeah. you know. Uh, it's the hardest of no's. Just one of the worst movies I think we've done, and a bad movie. One of the worst movies that I've watched recently. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know any redeeming qualities about this movie, and I don't know. I think there's like the concepts, like Josh is harping on about, could be good. Uh, it's just executed so poorly and, and they try to make the relationship seem like the important, the important takeaway, the important lesson here that we're supposed to learn from rather than treating nature with respect or something. Uh, it's just so misguided in a lot of what it's trying to say. So it's just a hard, 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 uh, and every actor needs to be recast as well. <laughs> yeah. That's my final say. <coughs> Pappy. First of all, I want to say I think I recovered nicely as producing the soundboard on this episode. We started off rough. It's mostly your demeanor that's changed. Way more calm now. I at the was top. a little flustered. <laughs> <laughs> Got really hot in the Coming space. In hot. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I'm really proud of this as a punishment pick because I feel like I I remember that night kind of going back and forth on a couple. Like, well, where are the other ones? I, I don't know. I think I picked out a couple and like, oh, I like that movie. I'm like, shit. And like, I think the last time you got one, it was The Prestige. So this is like, 
way harder to watch than The Prestige. Not even a punishment movie. Just want to put that on record. It's my punishment. That's absurd. I think that there are like some of those. Like we've had people reach out to us on Instagram, and be like, "Hey, can you review our movie?" Some of those are better than this. Like legit, like literally, legitimately better. What than makes this. the perfect man. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. I think in all actuality, virtually nothing redeeming. I do really want to do every M Night movie though on this podcast someday. Like I, I want to be an M Night completist because I feel like there's just so much good or bad to get into with him. I really enjoy that. So, I mean, of course, a hard no. Terrible, terrible movie. Sorry, Stevie. (laughs) (laughs) Josh. One thing that's cool about M. Night's career arc is I think it shows how hungry the public is for, like, a a director with like a unique point of view with the unique storytelling methods that they can like cheer for and know by name and go see a movie by that director. Like that's, that's cool. And I always appreciate that about M night because fucking everyone knows him and he really tapered off after (laughs) the first three or four movies after his career, but he's, he's made a name for himself and this movie comes after like it's, he's made a name for himself and now it's like five or six movies deep into that career. And he does get to that point where he's a little George Lucas out. No <laughs> one's telling him no. Get the feeling no one's helping punch up the script. Everyone's just saying, Oh wow, this first draft is amazing. Mm-hmm. The actors are trusting the material way too much. It trickles down to like their agents and everyone just attached to the project. And I, one of you guys said, I think it was you, Pap, is like, no one's good in this movie. No. Yeah. You can usually point to one person who's usually like, despite everything, still ripping it. And this movie just comes up blank. It's a, it's a huge no for me. There's a lesson in marketing here, though, somewhere. Like, you market a movie good enough, you market a shit movie good enough, it can still make money. And that's actually kind of sad. So that makes it even harder now. Scary. Scary now. person I wish I would have seen on the news is Donald Trump. I think that would have been hilarious in this movie since we got so much news. What do you think he would have said, Stevie, if he were in an arena? I don't even know. Because uh, it would be like four years later he'd be giving a speech about it and it would just crack me up. We killed all the plants. Yeah. I bought the biggest lawnmower. <laughs> we used to love to cut the grass. We now we don't look to cut the grass. The biggest weed whacker. Like, I would have loved that shit. Um... There's no wind now. We stopped the wind. We stopped all the wind. <laughs> Goddamn, dude. We used to love the breeze. Now there's no winds. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, 
God, I wish it, that's like one redeeming thing I think would have been in this movie is if we just seen him just talking on the news about it. Um, but Trump, of new, Trump could have saved the movie. Yeah, he could have. <laughs> um, just the hardest of absolute no's. I hate M. Night for this. I think this is a cash grab by him. I, For someone who's probably a cinephile like him, he knew it was a cash grab, did not care. Mm. Um, that's why I think he just wanted a new house or a lot of money because he produced and wrote and directed it himself. His first R-rated movie. First R-rated movie. What do you um, think's the cash grab? Just like having a hot star... In you a have a big star, horrible big movie. director, big. You star. still have some kind of trust. Your name is still polling. Yeah. And you say you do this huge marketing campaign. I think they had a huge one during the Super Bowl. First R-rated film, teased just correctly to where you don't know what was happening, um, and you're like, okay, this is M Night back. Um, this is pre-social media, like in a big way, pre like kind of social media. But it's it wasn't what it is now, um, and. Yeah, I just think uh, this is the movie where I lost all trust in M. Night and I never really regained it fully. So it looks interesting to me and it's directed by him. I'll watch it. But I'm not going to just jump out of my seat to go see whatever he does. I think that trust is severed. So hardest of no's. I do think, yeah, like social media, Facebook 2003. Yeah. YouTube 2005. Yeah. Twitter 2008. Yeah. It's like just started just cusping there and it's not it, like people used to actually go off movie reviews yeah now they just look at social media they see their buddy posted something like oh it's terrible whatever mm-hmm. like people don't even really track rotten tomatoes anymore that much it's mainly just word of mouth he never got to be a letterbox darling like letterbox thank would christ him after his first you know three movies he would have been the number one director of all time <laughs> literally yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. For the first three or four years. For the first three or four years, <laughs> it would have been obnoxious. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, if he loves his craft, that's great. If he has a voice he wants to put out in the world, that's awesome. I just don't have to listen to it if I don't want to. And I don't feel the need to. Unless you get last on a trivia episode. Unless you get last on a trivia episode. And Pappy, <laughs> like my best friend does, just throws this one to me. Can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because we're doing more, we've been doing more M Night stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. Getting to the point of completionist here, are we seeing a reason or a pattern for his movies diminishing in the way they do? Did he run out of ideas? Just, Is does he just con- consign? He consigns himself to money grabs at he, a certain point. I think Steve is kind of onto something. Like, there's no way he put as much care and his thought into this as he did even Signs. I can tell you that just from the way the movie looks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a there's a look there, and like the shots as well. Yeah, like like there's, there's no not thought. a lot of complicated. I know it's not a complicated movie, but there's not a lot of complicated shots in this at all. Well, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, what is he thinking about? Like, what is he spending his time like preparing when he's trying to get ready to do this movie? I have no idea. It, it's not the there's story. So much it's not work the look that goes into yeah. making a movie. Like, even the worst of movies take a ton of work to make them. But like Josh at the hit the nail on the head earlier story is like so foundational to everything mm-hmm. and his first you should his first four films even they had like meat to it they had this world behind it that was already in motion before we ever sat in the seat in the movie theater that when we saw the world as we saw it we knew that there's this history to it that the world was moving in our absence and what's so frustrating is when we sat down in the theater or we watched this at home 
the movie started when we sat down on the couch or we sat in the theater. There was no history behind it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And he's he can do that. Like he's famous for this kind of shit, which is the movies being very hollow and there's not a whole lot to them. But when he tries, he can build a world and he's very good at presenting a movie. It's just if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Well, and you like think about like he could have been he is still a brand. Yeah. But, like his brand is just completely changed. You know what I mean? Bluehouse like, is huge. From like the next Spielberg to <coughs> like people keep waiting for him to come back. You know what I mean? But there was a time, this time, where he just burned everything. Like I'm like Sidney LeMay. Yeah. Well, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, is he? Well, Sidney LeMay did a lot of shit. Yeah, I guess that's true. Then you made network though, like way yeah, later. So it's like, is M. Night gonna have like a? Is M. Night gonna win an Oscar at some point? Because he would be like the kind of motherfucker who'd be like, who pull one out, like all of a sudden, like uh, he'd have to, you have to really, really switch deep, up his man. game. I, I don't know. If QT hasn't pulled one out yet for best director, I don't know if M. Night's got that in him. Like the Brendan Fraser Oscar, where it's like, I think yeah. you balled out after everything you've been through. <laughs> balled out. <laughs> I what also it, think. What does IMDb say he's working on? What is what does he got cooking? Old two. Anything? No way. No. <laughs> yeah, old. I haven't. Fuck seen that, that movie. Not good either. No. Oh, I didn't see it. I think what's scary about M Night's arc is it seems like there's a possibility as a human that your taste changes. Might just go bad <laughs> like <laughs> the taste like, buds no longer taste tomato right like you're you could go blind at some point in your life mm-hmm. your kidney could go bad your taste can go to shit and that's kind of freaky well you but, you don't know it's gone to shit and he, it has did he like start did he found blumhouse is he involved in and that? he's a big investor in it yeah he makes a fortune from blumhouse so he's doing just fine as far as director he has three coming down the pipe labor of love trap untitled m night Shyamalan project well the untitled one is gonna be some huge reveal surprise mm. um so i'll be shocked by that but yeah i mean i you know what i think mm. this is what i personally think you know what i think drives perfection fear Fear of failure. Fear of failure, I think, drives perfection. I think those first three was like, I want to make a movie, but it has to be perfect. Got the sixth sense. It becomes a, he- a household name overnight, this huge brand. Then we get to Unbreakable, which is, I got to follow up, you know, the sixth sense, which was this, you know, huge kind of out of nowhere horror drama. I think there was Oscar nominations in there too. Um, and then it's, you know, I got to hold up this whole twist thing. Okay, cool. I'm not going to do that. But then he makes signs and everybody's like, this guy cannot make a bad movie. And I think by the time the village came around, that fear had gone. I feel like I knew this existed, but he directed a movie called Wide Awake starring Dennis Leary and Rosie O'Donnell before The Sixth Sense. Okay. That's it. That's the end of the story. But if we're going to be completionists, we got to do this too. This was his directorial debut, Wide Awake. What's it about? We don't have to be completionists. Well, 
We'll get there someday. I feel like we will. Like M. Night's the kind of guy that would make like Toyota car commercials too, just for the fuck of it. <laughs> With a twist? Maybe. But, Pap, you got some trivias? I do have some trivias. What we got? Scarier than the music is the handwriting that Pappy just <laughs> revealed to us. As oh, the hieroglyphics? Op- yeah, he opened his notebook yeah. and it looked like vomit on a page, but yes. All right. Sanskrit. <laughs> Comic <What>? sans. <laughs> From the end of the mouth to the end of the mouth, what is the biggest Venus flytrap ever recorded? From So, open wide? No, no, no. From like... Ear to ear of the Venus flytrap, the the width. All right, let us know this: inches or feet. From Joker lips to Joker I, lips. I know how to convert. You can say in either. All right. Just don't use metric. That'll fuck with me. You got to give us an order here. Um, Stevie, let you go first. The biggest Venus flytrap. So standard Venus is like the size of like. Rick Moranis was swallowed by one hole in that one movie. Feed me. What was that movie? Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. That freaks like me That's out. a midnight movie classic. Mm-hmm. Um, Saw that as a kid. Stevie's got his hands out on the table. He's looking at some directions. <laughs> it's about the size of a small dog. What he's laying out there <laughs> so far. Um, <laughs> 1.7 feet. Josh. feet could potentially swallow Shaquille O'Neal's whole foot for real. Potentially. I don't think they're that big. You said feet or inches? Just use, yeah, the imperial system. Is that what that's called? Uh, Yeah, can I do like centimeters though? No. (laughs) (laughs) Take that shit back up north here, partner. It's hard enough to produce, let alone do math. I'm going to say 4.2 inches. 4.20 inches. Mikey? Let's say 10 inches. The actual largest retail Venus flytrap. It's in inches. 2.4 inches. Ooh, ah. Little baby guy. I was so disappointed. Little guy. Yeah. That's just a micro flight trap. That's not even fun. From uh, why do they even exist? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to think. What's the biggest fly? What's the really good yeah, for? Right? Horse fly. What do you need to catch? Grow yeah. some balls. Grow. Uh, Been around for millions of years. Catch a man. Jesus. Catch a man if you're bad. I also am pretty sure. Contrary to popular belief, I think Venus flytraps only live in like a couple counties in North Carolina or some shit like that. They're really rainforest. They're really rare geographically. Yeah, Yeah, this one was from Colorado Springs, grown in a greenhouse, sold for forty five hundred dollars. That two point seven inch. What a waste of money. Yeah, (laughs) the picture of it was so up close. I'm like, this is so lame. (laughs) Venus flytraps only close like. Nine or twelve times in their whole life, too. It's not like you could really? just get to sit there what? looking at it like. Oh, yeah. I thought they were just like a fly hunter. Like they would keep going. You think it has like eyes too? Do you think it talks to you? Got a little tongue? Oh, right. There's no approaches, right? Because like the fly will stick. Right? It's a plant. It can communicate. It's got feelings. 
<laughs> Josh, we just explained this whole movie that plants have feelings. Did you not watch? Now that's got good bones. <laughs> <laughs> that's why lawnmowers are so loud, so you can't hear the screams. <laughs> Hot take, Josh. Yeah, uh, man, thanks for doing the in-person pod tonight. Got a little bit of a scratchy throat, hoping it didn't come across too hard. Um, there are good bones in plants communicating, but I think uh, M. Night shot that genre, like sent that genre back a couple decades with this flop. I, I don't think anyone can try to pull this off for a while. So um, I think I'm being played off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Josh didn't even get to thank his agent or his parents. <laughs> you got you had a whole song still. You're wasting time. That was spoilers. <laughs> Special thank you to our patrons. Great producing. Flawless yeah. producing. The beginning was rough and the ending was rough. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Troll. The toxin is affecting them. Are those people killing themselves? Brother Brian. I need a second. They released it? Druid King. We can't just stand here as an uninvolved observer. Nick. Just give me a second. We're not going to be one of those assholes on the news who watches a crime happen and not do something. The Meg. Just a second. There were children in that group. Nurse Stacy. I need a second, okay? Why can't anybody give me a goddamn second? The Wolf. Look, I don't know if you guys have heard about this article in the New York Times about honeybees vanishing. Barky 420. Well, apparently, honeybees are disappearing all over the country. PK! Tens of millions of them just disappearing. There's no bodies, no sign of them. They're just mysteriously gone. Spencer. This is scary, huh? Gale. All right, let's hear some theories about why this might be happening. Swole. Could have been some terrorist booby drop. Someone stepped on it out in the field. Yeah, in a field in Bumbletown, Pennsylvania. I don't know. A toxin dissipates quickly in the air. They're only potent in a certain density. The source had to be close to that field, if not in the field. Sebastian. Here's one. Plants have a chemistry to do this. They release co-transporters into the air. Dr. Lars. I'm talking about a completely superfluous bottle of cough syrup. Stone Cold Austin. We're packing hot dogs for the road. You know, hot dogs get a bad rap. They got a cool shape. They got protein. You like hot dogs, right? Why do you do this shit? The middle was good. <laughs> the middle was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> you look at me in the eye <laughs> Spoiler. I think how Pabst Leroy Jenkins the beginning and the end. That was spoilers.